<laughs> give us give us your argument as to why Tom Brady and the Patriots. Well, it's, it, I can be very succinct. It's called nine Super Bowls and six Super Bowl rings. Wait a minute. So, so speaking of record, smells like winning. All right, y'all. Welcome to the first episode of the 10-Minute Break podcast presented by Jesuit Student Ministry. I'm Peter Flores, the Director of Campus Ministry, and I'm joined alongside Student Ministry President Hayes Martin and Father Paul Shaughnessy of the Society of Jesus. So welcome, y'all, to the, to the podcast. Glad to have you here. Yeah, I guess I'd like to start off, Father. Can you tell us a little bit about you and uh, your journey before coming to Jesuit High School? Well, yeah, that's... that's it's kind of a, a little checkered, but I'm originally from uh, Massachusetts. I grew up there in Worcester, Mass, and uh, went to Holy Cross. After I got out of Holy Cross, the college up in Massachusetts, I, I went to uh, I went into the FBI for about three years, and it was during that period that I was discerning my vocation. We used to have a famous British Jesuit give the uh, FBI. Their retreats, you know, the weekend retreats. Bernard Bassett was the uh, Jesuit. He's a famous retreat giver. Anyhow, it was during that time I was making my discernment about entering religious life. And uh, I entered the Maryland province in 1977. The regular course of studies, two years in the novitiate. Uh, after the novitiate, I went to philosophy out at Gonzaga. It's about three years of philosophy. After that, you'd go regency, which I did at Scranton Prep. One year I went to the Philippines. I worked in a refugee camp for the uh, Vietnamese for one year of my regency teaching English. After that, you go to theology. It was up at Weston in Cambridge, Mass. I spent three years there. After that, you do a fourth-year father, like Steve uh, Kramer's doing now at the Immaculate Conception, and I did it at the Jay Zoo in, in Philadelphia. Then they send you back to school. So I went back to Rome and started a license and a doctorate. So I was in Rome about six years. Uh, the doctorate, however, my German director wanted me to revise it. I said, no thanks. So uh, after that, I, I, I uh, was trying to figure out what I was going to do, and uh, I entered the military, and I, I joined the Navy full-time and uh, served mostly with Marines around the, all around the world. And, uh, you know, after that, I... Uh, I worked uh, as a contractor for the SEALs in, uh, in Virginia Beach, did that for a couple of years. And then after that, I went to uh, Jordan, Amman, Jordan, and uh, worked as a Jesuit over in uh, Amman, which was very interesting. Uh, I, I had a couple of health issues. I had to come back. And then I went to uh, back to Maryland and subsequently... Uh, I was looking for something to do, and I came to Jesuit High in New Orleans. It's great. So, so you really haven't done all that much. <laughs> and so the whole time you were in the military, you were a Jesuit. Yes, correct. Yeah. I was a Jesuit priest. Uh, and, and they uh, you, you go to a, they call it a fork and knife school up in Newport, Rhode Island. It's three months of how to salute and march around. And they want to give you some sense of the military, but it's... It's not as intense if you went to a regular boot camp, but it was it was interesting. It was nice to be in Newport. So that was, uh, and during that time, I got to go back there, and I got a master's in uh, national security studies, which is, 
don't know what I'm going to do with it, but uh, it was an MA and it was a year of study. It was great, though, just being back in Newport. And I was close to uh, my home in Worcester, so I could go home for once. So it was nice. Pretty interesting. Long backstory, <laughs> nothing I've known. Uh, but I guess let's get started. We were talking sure. about the uh, canonization. Yeah, so uh, we were thinking just with this week, uh, Blessed John Henry Carl Newman has now become St. John Henry. Correct. And uh, uh, yeah, could you just tell us a little about who he is, why he's important? Uh, well, you know, John Henry Newman is considered by many the greatest intellect in the English language in the last hundred years. Not just, it, not just Catholic, but you're no, saying. No, across the board. He was a phenomenally, he was a, an Oxford Don. He was a brilliant scholar in his own right. And he was born in 1801. He died in 1879. So he was about 89 years old when he died. But he had uh, an incredible life. And uh, he started the Oxford Movement. And that was started about 1845. And the idea was he thought Anglicanism was losing its edge. There were three, three reasons. There, there was a spiritual stagnation, he thought. They were unorthodox in many ways. And the state was starting to interfere with the Anglican church. Well, it was during that time he went back to the patristic fathers to study the origins of Christianity, Catholic church, Anglicanism. And he was a true scholar. He was an intellectual uh, genius. But in addition to that, he was honest. And consequently, after that study, he decided to convert to the Catholic faith. So they were shocked at the time because the Oxford movement was developed to try to, you know, make Anglicanism uh, truer and uh, to reform it in some way. And in the course of that uh, process that he uh, entered into, he decided to become a Roman Catholic because it was apparent to him that the faith was the one true faith. Now, he says something that sounds very controversial today. He says, but to read history is to cease to be a Protestant. I mean, that's a quote from him. And he was a very honest scholar. The other thing, it's, it's some of the greatest books in the world. And on apologetics, if you want to read a book on defending the faith, it's the development of doctrine. The essay is called, and the development, it's really a book, but it's his kind of uh, understanding of how doctrine develops, not as a substitute, but as a supplement, you know? The, uh, what Cardinal, uh, what uh, Pope Benedict used to call the hermeneutic of continuity. In other words, there isn't a break in development. There's a greater understanding of what the doctrine is. So there's a continuity that has to be be there to make it authentic. And Newman saw this clearly and uh, wrote about it. His other great book was The Grammar of Ascent. And it's kind of a theory of knowledge of why he decided to uh, embrace the Catholic faith. It's, it's, it's interesting. Father Lonergan, who wrote Insight, cites Newman's book on the grammar of ascent for the illative sense that how we come to know is so important and how we grasp our own faith. And again, he, he wrote a fantastic uh, book. It's called Grammar of Ascent. But his other book that a lot of people read is called The Apologia Pro Vita Sua, in, in, in kind of the defense of my life. And he goes into detail why he became a Catholic, the struggles. And it's very interesting. When he, he converted in 1845, he lost his teaching position at Oxford. And uh, it was kind of sad because he, that was his only means of support. And they... They just put him out. Then he moved to a place right outside of Oxford called Livermore, 
which I visited. And it was there that he really went into this deep study before his conversion to the Catholic faith. So the Oxford movement starts in 1839. He comes into the Catholic Church in 1845. And during that period, if you ever get to Oxford, there's a little, it's called Livermore, where he moved and kind of studied the fathers of the church, patristics. And it was there he kind of uh, articulated the reasons for his conversion in a more definite way. But he, he, uh, he was a man of great grace, uh, a gentleman, uh, loved by everyone that knew him. He was a very, he, he was a seeker of the truth, but not in a way that was uh, inhospitable to the people he liked. He had a great, uh, on his tomb, he really got this saying, it's, it's engrafted on his, uh, his tomb, but he loved uh, Plato in the analogy of the cave, and he always says, up, up, out of the shadows, out of the images, to the light and to the truth. So he did believe there was this objective reality that we call truth, veritas. Too bad Harvard doesn't really adhere to that anymore, but he really believed there was, uh, there was objective truth that could be embraced. And uh, he sought that his whole life. And uh, his personal motto was core on core, lo- loquitur, heart to heart. So he believed in that personal uh, touch that uh, one, one had to be open to the other in a human and charitable way. And, and that's how things would progress, even in the faith and civilization. Yeah, so if you had a, I mean, I think that that last point there, like if you had to say one thing for high school students to take away from St. John Henry's life, what, what would you say is the, the one thing that uh, our guys here at Jesuit should, should pay attention to? Well, yeah, that's an interesting question because he says in his autobiography, his first conversion happened when he was only 15 years old. That's when he felt the call of God and the grace to follow Jesus Christ in the gospel. He was 15. Now he was precocious, but he, uh, he knew what he wanted, and he, he really felt that affectiveness of grace in his life and how he dealt with other people with great charity and kindness. And often that wasn't reciprocated to him, but he didn't fall into kind of a bitter or a kind of a uh, negative uh, reaction to people who disagreed with him. And I think that that grace is, you keep moving forward in, in grace and love and disregard the bitterness or the anger. That's not going to accomplish anything. And that's what he did in his life, you know. So I guess you'd say he's, for me as a high school student, I see him as kind of in touch with me. He 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 had trouble with his conversion and with right. Christ early Very in his life. So, yeah. And I think many students, not in, not just at Jesuit, but around the world that are, our age and that teenage years struggle with their faith and struggle with turning to God, um, having that conversion moment. True, and in, in the two aspects of, of his work were on uh, conscience, which he valued, the individual conscience, but in, in a Catholic understanding of conscience. It wasn't, I'm gonna do what my conscience tells me to do because that's what I wanna do. He understood that conscience had to be an informed conscience, but he was a big proponent of defending <laughs> your conscience and how you, you should react to things. And uh, that, was, that was a big part of his life. The other controversial aspect that's misunderstood about him was papal infallibility. Now, he, he, it wasn't that he didn't think the Pope had, uh, uh, had the right or the magisterial right to teach uh, true faith. 
he was making a nuanced position that, you know, the Pope can have a, a lot of opinions about a lot of things. Not everything he said was infallible. So he, he was a nuanced and very sophisticated theologian, you know. And those, those issues are very common today for young people, my conscience. and So you have to have a proper understanding of conscience, but also like authority in the church. And those things are very, very important to young Absolutely. people, you know. Yeah. So maybe switching gears here, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about some things that maybe the young people need to know about the church and maybe some things that they don't know about the church that they should know. Uh, so maybe you could tell us, OK, what, what are those things that uh, things that, that we kind of forget about? Yeah, it's one is Sunday mass. <laughs> we have to get to mass on Sunday, not because it's a nice thing to do or not because I, I feel like it is because we have an obligation to do that in justice. God is our creator, and we're creatures. We owe it to God to worship him. So as Catholics, you know, there's a commitment when we, we embrace the faith to kind of adhere to that. Other things like getting married, uh, it, when you decide to get married, it's in the church and so forth. Those things like, today, it's do what you feel like. No, we're not going to do a marriage while you're jumping out of an airplane or scuba diving in, in Hawaii, which I had I'd been asked about. Because <laughs> I was in, during my time in the military, I spent three years in Hawaii, and everybody wanted to get married on the beach or underwater with scuba diving. And of course, we don't do that. It's kind of interesting. But those things that we we, we kind of take for granted, but, but the church is reminding us through the precepts of uh, things we should do in addition to our our prayer and our worship. We kind of forget it's a, it's it's part of a whole approach to our faith. Uh, we don't say, well, I do this for one hour on Sunday and the rest of my life, uh, the rest of my week, I can do what I feel like. So Henry Newman certainly knew that and, and wrote about it in his sermons, uh, which are another great part of his writing. If you read his sermons, which are much briefer and they're, they're, they're worthwhile for spiritual reading, you know. All right. So, uh, so Father, uh, one thing that Hayes and I were talking about uh, yeah, in fact, it's not just me and Hayes that are talking about this, but pretty much the whole school uh, here in New Orleans. You know, we 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 like our saints and Saint Han, where Saint John so. Henry Newman. We're glad that he's amongst them, but uh, especially our football saints here. Uh, the rumor has it you do not believe that Drew Brees is the greatest quarterback <laughs> of all time. Give uh, us give us your argument as to why Tom Brady and the Patriots. Well, well, uh, I can be very succinct. It's called nine Super Bowls and six Super Bowl rings. He's the GOAT, baby. But do you believe that one player can take a team to the Super Bowl? No, no, no. It takes a team to get what, there. What is it However, to say that Drew Brees... You, gotta, you have to have the general in charge. And, and, and Tom Brady has uh, maximized those abilities to read defenses, quick release. Now, Drew Brees is a great quarterback, though. I'm not, I'm not What is this? That. I mean, he's one of the shortest in the league. He's a little he, short guy, but, you know, Tom, <laughs> Tom's a big boy. But uh, he's also... It's in the record, you know. Wait a minute. So, so speaking of record, smells I'm, like I'm, winning. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, recently uh, I just saw it came out this this past Tuesday. the The Saints have the fourth toughest schedule this year in, in 2019. The Patriots. You want to know where the Patriots uh, strength of schedule ranks this year <laughs> yeah, out of uh, the 32 teams in the NFL? Gentlemen, any given Sunday, any team can win. Uh, the Patriots to, have won seven. They are now going to be a, a little tougher the second half of the season. But uh, we we uh, anticipate them doing well. They're they're dead last in strength discussion. <laughs> and what is their record again? Seven and zero. Oh. Seven and oh, I believe the Saints are 
six and one. I don't see much of a difference in the no, Saints no, are ranked fourth in terms of schedule. Game. I'll be at the Saints games this Sunday. I, I, they're phenomenal. And by the way, I think they have a better defense than the Patriots. They are so good. And they should have been in it a year ago. I actually lost a bet on that. Because <laughs> I thought they would be in the Super Bowl. They're that good. I mean, I, except for that call, they would have been. Father, do you, do you buy into the uh, the NFL corruption uh, that that they're uh, Roger Goodell's on the take against take, the Saints? I hear that all the time. A lot of my friends believe that um, up in uh, New England, they think uh, Roger's somehow setting these these uh, games up. I, I I don't think there's any evidence for it, but who knows? All right, well, Father, thank you for uh, for being hey, on well, the podcast. Thank Thanks, absolutely. A lot. Thank you. It's great being with you. All right, we'll see y'all in the next one. Take care. <laughs>